Hello, and welcome to the Alt Left. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 22 of the Alt Left. I'm your host, Chris. With me, as always, is Matthew Jumbo Johnson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. And my personal arm candy, the Reverend Dr. K. Good evening, everybody. How are you doing? You used to talk to me that way. <laughs> you used to look like that. I still do talk to you that way. Hey, look, I love you for your personality, but I look okay for the looks. That's fair. Today, we're going to be filling your ear holes with Joe Biden. And I know that sounds gross and I'm sorry, um, but there is no penicillin you can take to fix that. But we are going to be talking about the first hundred days, which for some reason in our culture is a benchmark. It's the most arbitrary, nonsensical number there is. It's just really short. Yeah. And like, yeah, legislation in this country takes a significant amount of time to get completed, get done, get enacted. Why we set a mark of 100 days after somebody hits the office, I have no idea. It's it's the craziest thing there is. Honestly, it should be a year. Uh, I think, you know, not the first one, but I think one calendar year, you know, or even January 1st if we want. I don't care. But, like, give give the president a year to really figure out what they're up to because I think anybody can be anything for 100 days. Yeah. Unless, unless you're Joe Biden, in which case you haven't been much. But let's talk about that. First of all, let's let's start off with the good stuff he's done. And my biggest prop to him is going to be the vaccine rollout. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. 100 million do- doses in 58 days. Yeah, that's that's impressive. what he did. Yeah. Far exceeding predictions that even his own administration gave. And oh, again, yeah. Th- and that doesn't come out of nothing. It's not like we're giving Biden credit for the vaccine, which was done previous to his administration. This is legitimately the Biden administration's win. They get a medal on this one because the previous administration didn't give a shit about actually rolling this out. And he appointed the right people. He got an administrative staff. He created a bureaucracy that was efficient and single-minded and focused and made this a priority. I'm going to trash him a lot, but I'm going to give him credit on this one. Joe Biden did good on the vaccine rollout. Domestic. Yeah. He did. And it was it was because he followed the science. Yep. He, he allowed the people that are the smartest and have the most knowledge about this field to make those decisions versus some arbitrary idiot uh, calling the shots. Yeah. And, and it's amazing what you can get done when you actually put qualified people. Yeah, it's it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, can you, can you imagine if when they're building the Great Pyramids, the Pharaoh was just like, well, I mean, I got all these stonemasons, but my crazy Uncle Larry, <laughs> that that cross-eyed guy who can't tie his shoes, that, that's the one who's designing the pyramid, I've decided. I mean, no, you, you put qualified people in charge and shit gets done correctly. This is why you hire contractors. It's why you go to a doctor. It's why you consult an attorney. Yeah. When things are important, you talk to the right person who's qualified. That is, yeah, the absolute truth. Good on you, Biden. We will circle back to the vaccine because my little commie heart has got some got some fucking complaints. But domestically, Joe Biden, you did good on that one. The other one that uh, I think is really big is the um, the one point nine trillion COVID relief bill. Yeah, that was another good one. Pretty solid. Keep in mind, we got that through without that was a partisan bill. We pushed through without needing any uh, right winger support. And it is a good bill. 
I'm going to say that it is a very good bill. The right wingers have been trying to claim credit for that. If you've done in the last few oh, years, yes. oh yeah, they've been. That's what they do. They will totally fight to try the nail to get something credit. and then always try to reap credit for something they didn't have any anything any part in. You know, not one Republican voted for that damn bill. I was absolutely shocked when the Democrat House and Senate jam that shit through, just like the Republicans have done for years with all of the bullshit that they always pull. Yeah. And I want more of that. Dems Absolutely. do that more all the time. Just, just cram it through. Who gives a shit what the Republicans think, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we could, unless there was Joe Manchin. Yeah. Um, who for some yeah, reason, well, fuck that guy. Democratic they need to figure party. out how to, yeah, but they capitulate to him. Yeah. That's, that, the problem. that's, a, that's literally, they the need to stop capitulating to him. It very simple. It's very simple. Don't do a single thing he says. And yes, I will grant you this is going to create problems getting things passed. We know that will happen. But you know what the Dems have the ability to do? Remove him from the party. The only reason yeah. Joe Manchin got elected is because he ran as a Democrat. If you remove him from the party, he has no chance of getting elected anywhere else. He His district is a blue district. Simple as yeah. that. If he's not on the ticket as a Democrat... Sorry, they're not going to vote for him. And that's exactly it. But that would be an example of the Democrats playing hardball, which, as we've discussed, they don't ever do. And that's the thing. It's they're they're worried about uh, the short. It's always the short game is with them. You know, it's like, well, if if we don't play ball with him, then we're not going to get things done that we need. You're right. You know what? You may not. But if you unseat him and get somebody in your favor, you can make it all up in the second half of the year. And the funny thing is, is the Democrats will play hardball only with other Democrats. But they'll play hardball with their own. They'll they'll be happily Except to Manchin. They won't play hardball with their own. They're conservatives. Yeah, but again, because Manchin's a Republican, Manchin's a conservative. Yeah. They'll they'll silence the left. Yeah. But they won't play hardball with with their own. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. We've discussed this. They have no interest in doing that. What Democrats largely want is the status quo. They want to. They just want brunch back. That's what they want. They want everything to go back to the way it was under Clinton and Obama. Because they largely don't realize that that sucked and led us to Trump. Pop they, they quiz. What do you that. call it when you support bringing back the past and not letting anything change? Conservatism. Boom. We have no liberal party. Exactly. Exactly. We're probably going to shit on Dems a lot, but they deserve to be shit on. Uh, you know, d- getting a few things right here and there does not make you praiseworthy. At all. In fact, I'd, I'd even argue as politicians, getting 80% of your stuff done does not make you praiseworthy. You're there to do a job. I'm not going to put you on a pedestal because you're doing your job right. And the job you're supposed to be doing is supporting the will of the people and looking at for your constituents. And one of the things that I'll fault Republicans more than Democrats on is that they will go against what their own people want. People are generally pro-stimulus package. People yeah. wanted their unemployment extended. People want their money. The Republicans fought it tooth and nail, even though their own constituents wanted this. Yeah. Yeah. In two or four years, their constituents will completely forgot have forgotten about it because they will have told them that they fought for it, even though they didn't. Yeah. It's true. Well, and they protected them from evil, crazy socialist Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, God forbid somebody try to do something, right? Not if there's a D in front of their name. That brings us back to his first hundred days and, and what promises has he kept? The Paris Climate Accords. Yeah, he that was the that next one. one. I appreciate that. Again, a very easy one to get. To get. It's lit- That was literally just a stroke of a pen. Like, 
Uh, I, I don't believe Trump's taking us out had even taken effect yet. So I don't think we technically ever really fully left. It's right back on the path that we need to be in that case. So I'm 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 happy to happy to see that go through. I will, however, not give him too much credit because I believe any sane politician, even conservatives, would do that. Pre-Trump, a Republican, I don't think would pull us out of the Paris Climate Accords. Like that is a phenomenon of the Trump era. And so I give him credit. He did it. It was the right thing to do. Glad he did it. But I give him as much credit for that as, like, not punching a baby when he saw it. Like, yeah, true, you did right, but, like, duh. So the other thing that he had us rejoin was the World Health Organization. Because yeah, Trump also removed us move. from that, too. Yep. Another great thing. But what fucking country doesn't or isn't part of the World Health Organization? Hell, what Republicans? What countries, what countries are not part of the Paris Climate Agree- Agreement? We talked about it before. The that list is extremely small, yeah. But but even American, like we were, because again, there's a lot of things Republicans do that the rest of the world doesn't, like give out healthcare and create social safety nets. But like even the crazy right wingers are typically pro who Reagan was down for it, Bush Senior, Bush Junior, like yeah. Even Republicans are okay with us being part of that. Well, they were. That was clearly a Trump thing, not a Republican Party thing. Yeah, conservatism brought us NATO and Trump was trashing it. That's because he doesn't know what NATO stands for. North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Boom. That's right. Um, <laughs> that's right. That's right. I can't... Uh, Somebody took high school history. I can't remember anything important, but I can, I can tell you what NATO stands for. Let's see. There was also the uh, created bipartisan commission to consider reforms to the Supreme Court. Now, keep in mind, this is not actually doing anything. This is just a commission to evaluate the feasibility of making changes to the Supreme Court to either expand it or what have you. That also he has created that. That was that was something he followed through on. For me, this one's a gray area, actually. Um, I think there was both good and bad. Like the, the good for me is that like, hey, you're creating a committee to give you an educated breakdown of it. And I'm for that. The idea of packing the Supreme Court terrifies me. I think it's a terrible idea. And I think it, it, it again, this is one of the times where the slippery slope argument is not a fallacy. It's legit. This is a bad fucking idea. And it's not just bad to do it. It's literally bad to keep it in our public consciousness. This needs to be seen as a bad thing. It sets a really shitty precedent. Yeah, okay, so the Democrats expand the court by three justices. Cool, then the Republicans are in power, they expand it by 25. No one wins. I actually, I think entertaining this idea is dangerous. We can't just willy-nilly add justices to the to the bench because we feel like it and that there are too many quote-unquote conservatives on that on that bench. Now, I'm sorry. Now, here's a counterpoint. We shouldn't do that. Not that I disagree with you guys, but... One of the most common arguments that I hear in a lot of these situations really is the argument of harm. Right now, having these justices, having the courts stacked in favor of right-wingers, the harm they are going to cause. And so I think the, the, the many people will say, you do this now and you prevent the harm. And the goal being that we do something to make sure that it can't be changed the other way again. What do you guys think about something like that? I, I have two big problems with that one. The first of all, uh, the idea of let's make it good for us and then make sure no one can ever correct it back. That is autocracy. That's what mm-hmm. dictators do. That mm-hmm. is dangerous and not okay. And we wouldn't stand for the Republicans pulling that shit. Why should we ever let the Democrats get away with it? Uh, and number two, one of the most dangerous things about Trump wasn't just that he was a fascist. 
that was mm -hmm. definitely the most dangerous thing. Uh, I would say number two would probably be that he was absolutely a traitor and a Manchurian candidate for sure. But probably right up there in that top five, maybe even three, was that Trump didn't give a shit about norms. This is coming from a far revolutionary leftist. But if you're going to have competent government, norms are important because not every single thing is spelled out in detail. The Constitution is not an 800-page legal document. It is a brief legal document, and it's that way for a good reason, is to make it accessible to all and to leave it open for interpretation. But the precedent of keeping the Supreme Court where it is has gone on since the birth of it. And that's an important precedent to keep. And Trump, all he ever did was trash all these norms, these liberties and these, these freedoms, these things we had took for granted in this country that we thought we were protected against. Trump constantly flouted that and did awful things. And we need to, again, get away from that mentality that it's okay to make power grabs because it suits you. And that would be all this is. This would be a Trumpian power grab of ignoring norms. Okay? I, I agree with you. It sets a it sets a really shitty precedent. Every time we don't like something that someone else does, we go ahead and and find some wiggle room around it, or completely change the rules. Yeah, or completely change the well, not not just completely change the rules, but do what the fuck we want, then change the rules. That is not something that we want to do. We don't want people that will find the loophole and then plug the loophole afterward. What we need to do is find the loophole, plug it so nobody else can use it without using it ourselves. Because you do that and everyone else is just going to do it to you. It's an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, and nobody fucking wins. Yeah, one of the things about like when when they pulled the shenanigans with Obama, uh, well, he can't do it because it's too close to an election. Like, again, that was them flouting a norm, and we let him have it. Yeah, we let him do it, even though we they, knew they never should have let him have it. Yeah, even though they we knew that was going to be stabbed in the Americans' back later, we still let him do it, and we kept voting for him. Lindsey Graham just lied all over the place and won his election. So you know what? This is the country we deserve. That's how we did gerrymandering. The Republican Party started gerrymandering and completely destroyed voting in this country. And what the Republican Democrats do? Do they fight against it? Do they stop it? Do they they make it a point of the American people? Nope. They just went, okay, well, I guess we'll do illegal dirty shit too. This is no different. If the Republicans are doing awful immoral shit in the Supreme Court, the answer is not to join them in the mud. Cool. Thank you for that, guys. The next one, uh, the next couple ones, I think are also up there with, with duh. Uh, immediately rescind the Muslim bans. He did that. Re restore the White House uh, Directorate for Global Health Security. Did that. Reverse the transgender military ban. Did that. We already talked about that, I think, on this show a couple of times. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, so here's the other thing. This is where it gets iffy. So the reverse family separation policies. If I can just put in a quick duh, Keystone Pipeline. And that's one of the ones I also give Joe Biden a fancy medal for. Was stopping that. He put a stop to that garbage ass Keystone Pipeline. It's one of my biggest criticisms about Obama. It blows me away that it took ancient white guy Joe Biden to do it. But the Keystone Pipeline is horrifying and terrible, and it was one of Obama's greatest failures that he allowed that to continue. He should have sent troops down to gun down those off-duty cops who are literally murdering Native people, protecting their sacred land. He should have had a military response to that act of domestic terrorism, and he didn't. Joe Biden at least had the balls to take a pen to it. So I give yep. Joe Biden mad credit on that one. 
And I think the COVID-19 vaccine in general, people are giving him, you know, pretty much high pays in that, not just the vaccine rollout, but his handling of, of it at the federal level. Uh, I think overall, yeah, he's done pretty good. We've, we've had some gripes with certain things, like who's been getting access to the vaccine first. But honestly, at this point, with, with how quick this rollout is happening, I feel like they've kind of made up for it. I still think it's shitty that people we've been claiming are essential workers for the last year uh, are some of the last people to actually get the vaccine. Not cool. But overall, I think COVID in general, uh, Biden, Biden can get a, a gold star for me on that one. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, again, my, I also had a big gripe. Um, I've talked to anybody who's willing to hold still and listen to me for more than five seconds during the initial rollout uh, about how much I didn't like that. Um, I absolutely believed uh, first responders and actual medical workers should be. But I had a big problem that people who filed taxes for a doctor somewhere were getting it and people who were driving Ubers and serving us food and working at grocery stores were not allowed. I felt that really could have used a tweak. I'm not surprised because we called them essential for a very short period of time that immediately been like, fuck your minimum wage, fuck your vaccine. The second we had a chance to tell them to go fuck themselves, we immediately did because they're poor. Yep. That gripe aside, yes, he gets an A minus on that. Sure. I'm, I'm with that. The, I think the biggest problem with that was that there was no direction from the federal government on that point. They said, look, we're going to leave it up to the state uh, individually to decide how they're going to disseminate their vaccines. And unfortunately, there's a whole lot of states that just don't give a shit about anybody except for the rich people, which happens to be all of them. And this is where all the anarchists leftists who listen are going to hate me. But that's why I don't like states' rights. I don't like local government. Um, I actually like strong, centralized federal government. Um, I think federal oversight is the only time you can guarantee rights. And again, this is another one. When you leave something up to the states, you get Jim Crow. That's what happens. You always get some people, a few states will get it right. And a lot of them will do terribly. Yeah. And they will, they will just hem and haw and never make any real decision. And meanwhile, the people on the ground are the ones left holding the bag. I mean, we were talking earlier about reduction of harm, and that that's usually, I think, where I try to come from. Like, what is the decision that's going to cause either no harm or the least amount of harm long-term and short-term? And when you go with states' rights, it, it's like Chris said, a lot of people are going to suffer because you're going to have oppressive states like the southern ones that are just going to force people into poverty. There's going to be no – women aren't going to have the right to choose. Um, you're going to have people that uh, of color constantly being – pushed aside. Other minorities, the LGBT community, they're going to be oppressed at every single turn. When you leave it up to the states, this is what you will have because there'll be states that are just clusters of evil people doing evil shit and not having anybody to come in and say, no, you can't fucking do that. And I, I, that's where I agree with Chris is you need a strong central federal government to kind of beat them with a stick and say, no, you're not going to fucking do that. Yeah. And you know, with that reduction of harm point, I agree with you. That's a very good way to look at some things. I don't think it's the only way, but I think it's something we should always keep in our heads is we have to remember how much subjectivity there is to that because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was faced with that a lot when, with the vote blue, no matter who crowd was, they'd be like, look, you don't have to jo like Joe Biden, but we're eliminating the harm of Trump. And I was like, fair. And if the world is going to explode in 10 years, that's a great way to look at it. I'm worried about the next hundred years. And by keeping Democrats in power, all we're doing is pushing this problem down the line and it's going to get worse. And it's the same with that kind of Supreme Court. Like, I think there's merit to your argument, Matt, of reducing the harm of a packed conservative Supreme Court. Like, 
how many trans people and women and people of color is this going to harm? And the answer is a lot. And that sucks. But expanding the court, because in four years, we're going to have a Republican president. And he's going to put 5,000 justices up there. You don't think Trump would have done that if he could have? And how much harm is going to be caused then? And so I think when people look at harm, we have we as human beings have a tendency to look at the immediate harm. And that's a good thing. But you also need to look at the further down the line harm, because is it worth helping 500,000 people if it's going to doom 10 million? Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. where it gets hard, too, because the other thing, the other flip side to that is we also have to recognize being three cis white males, that's an extremely privileged position to take. We're not the ones that are going to be harmed long term by a Republican administration doing that kind of crap. You know, it, it, like I, I and I say this not to like criticize Chris's point at all by any means, but I just want everyone to be aware. We're aware of like the precarious position we're taking here. I'm very but I think Chris has Chris's point has merit. That's why I kind of wanted to raise this a little bit because he's right. Essentially, in these situations, I feel like what we end up doing is in the interest of reducing harm for a very small amount of people comparatively, comparatively, I'm not like, I'm sure it's going to be millions, but it's, it's a matter of like talking about reducing harm for, for a couple million versus allowing harm for billions. And, and I think that's what, what the scale that we're weighing against here. And in that vein, we move on to the next uh, Joe Biden promise, which I think gets a little murky here is the reversing of family separation at borders. Now, I actually looked at several places that were tallying Joe Biden's uh, campaign promises. Some of them say he fulfilled this one. The more honest ones will admit that it's complicated. Now, for instance, with this particular issue, let, let's boil it down. I, I, I go on the side of it's complicated. He technically did. He he absolutely ended family separation. Yeah. He just didn't end kids in cages. Exactly. And so basically Trump was widely criticized, as we all know, for separating families, um, you know, when they were stopped during his administration. Biden did sign an executive order condemning the policy and they are they are making efforts to reunite. That is absolutely something that's happening right now. But in practice, families are continuing to be separated by themselves on the Mexican side of the border. Now, again, we can have a discussion about that. Most of them now are aware that there's a more immigrant-friendly administration in place. And so they're less worried about sending their kids over because they're more confident that those kids are going to be taken care of and have a better life. Keep in mind, as horrendous as these conditions are, these are nothing compared to what these people are fleeing from. That's why they want to come here because kids in cages for them is still better than what they're coming from. Yeah. yeah and, and that's actually something I had on my list of, of shit talking to put down later, which we'll talk about it now is ending family separation is good. End of story. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, it's documented. The Trump people literally said they were using it as a deterrent. Yeah. That's terrorism. That's literally invoking fear and terror and death upon people to achieve subversive political goals. That is terrorism. You don't have to like that. You don't have to agree with that, but you would be disagreeing with Webster. Ending that no matter what is really good. Something I want to remember is when people say like, well, but now they're just dropping their kids off and now, you know, we're getting flooded. And it's like, even if you take away the humanitarian need to allow children who are literally being abandoned at the border to you know survive and thrive even if you take away that that and you're just a cold-hearted son of a bitch and you don't care about kids fine it's our fault the reason northern mexico is a drug lord filled cesspool of death and violence and cartels 
is us. We created that with our war on drugs. We created that horrifying black market. We made that what it is. South Americans who are coming up through Mexico, these Guatemalans, these El Salvadorians, we're the ones who destroyed their countries. We're the ones who funded people like the Sandinistas. We absolutely stuck our dick where it didn't belong and toppled governments that were democratic and used and allowed the most racist, fascist, far-right, murderous regimes possible to take over. And because of that, decades later, yeah, there's massive refugees flying out because they're being constantly murdered by warlords and drug lords and organized crime and, you know, the list goes on. But this chaos and destruction exists because of the United States. And so to basically spend decades in South America destroying it, pillaging it, and toppling their governments and taking away their sovereignty for profit, for the profit of, you know, American private companies and cheap votes to then decades later say, oh, not our problem, is bullshit. Absolutely. I, I understand, like, part of what's been happening, I will admit, it's true. Because of this influx of, of minors, they're struggling to find places to put them. But you know what? You don't need to put them in cages. If we've got money to bomb Syria, we've got money to rent, about, rent out a bunch of freaking uh, Holiday Inns and put these kids up in hotels and better lodgings with better care than what we're giving them. That's the problem is there is this horrendous system that we have set up to deal with humans, not just humans, but human children when there are better options for doing this. But we have dehumanized these people so much that there are people literally calling for more extreme measures than what we're already doing and saying that they and trying to make the argument that these kids have it good. Maybe they have it better than when Trump was in charge, but that's a low fucking bar. If that's your standard of judging things, you need to reevaluate your position in life. I'm sorry, we need million dollar missiles. That was a joke. And and and, and billion dollar jet fighters that spin around and blow themselves up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. Won't you think of the Boeing stock? Yeah. Uh we we don't we don't need military budget that is literally higher than the next 10 countries combined. Which, most of whom are all our allies, by yeah, the way. M- yeah, most of which are our allies. It, it's absolutely insane to think that more money needs to be poured into our military budget and less money needs to be spent on the people of the United States of America. So, and, and that's kind of why that one is a little bit murky because it, it's a, it, there's nuance and there's nuance to many situations. Uh, sometimes we tend to skip over that because while there might be nuance, the, the end result doesn't matter. It's either, you know, you're either for equal rights or you're not like whatever nuance is in there doesn't matter. There's, there is a side in this, in those fights, but with this one, I will, I will agree there is, there is some nuance in there, but I don't give Joe credit for it because we're three dudes sitting here on a podcast that just came up with a better idea than what he's currently got. Yeah. He has far better minds at his disposal than we do. And those are the those are the, I think are the big ones that people are generally giving credit for him having accomplished. Um, one more, actually, I have. What do you got? And again, this is one that is you want to talk about murky. This really fits that quality. It's ending the federal contracts to private prisons. Oh yes, I completely forgot about now, that one. That's a good one. I like that. That I was like a this. good one. That is good. But again, if I am dying of starvation and I go to a buffet and they hand me a crouton, did they help? Yes. And I appreciate that. 
and I'll bet that crouton, especially with how starving and hungry I am, is delicious. If you then restrict me from the rest of the restaurant, I will still die, and you are not a hero. And so the federal contracts to private prisons were tiny, mm-hmm. tiny, tiny, yeah. tiny. The money comes from the states. And people who will say, well, Joe Biden has no control over the states. No, he's the commander in chief of the federal government. Our constitution very clear. And for anyone who's not aware of this, by the way, the constitution has a clause that very specifically states whenever state and federal law are in conflict, federal law wins automatically. And if the state has a problem with that, they can go to the Supreme Court and get federal law overturned. But federal law always trumps state law, not on precedent. Because the Constitution actually fucking says so. So Joe Biden could easily get legislation passed to simply end all governmental contracts. State, federal, county, all of them. Private prisons are no more. He could do that, and he didn't. And again, this is a token measure. Joe Biden stood up there last night and was like, look at that. We have a female vice president and a female speaker. No president's ever said that before. Yeah, no president's ever said it's 2021 either. Whoopty shit. You haven't done anything. It's performative wokeness. It's tokenism. You you literally put a woman up underneath you and then have, you know, shoved her around like, like Rafiki holding up fucking Simba at the circle of life, talking about how fucking great you are. And, and you're not. It is completely possible for things to be once-in-a-lifetime historic events and also not matter in the least. There was a first white man to cross from east to west and take a shit in California. That was me. Still doesn't matter in the big scheme of things. It's not important. It was a historic event, but there's a reason we don't fucking talk about it and we don't know that person's name. Actually, we do. It was Balboa. That's why there's Balboa Park on the street. We actually do talk about the first guy to cross east to west and take a shit. <laughs> and this is what happens when you have a best friend who's a history major. <laughs> I'm sorry. But your point is correct. Yeah, my point stands. And, and again, I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend like it's not a significant thing to have the first woman vice president. I'm not going to pretend having the first black president was also an insignificant thing. But... If the work they do in those roles is shitty, what's the point? You know, that's all I'm going to say on that. Yeah. Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris is pro-slavery. I mean, let's be real here. Um, so Kamala Harris, our VP, the first woman of color vice president. Sweet. She was the district attorney of Frisco for years before she became a senator. And... She had trans women put into male prisons because she's an asshole. She kept prisoners who were supposed to have early release in prison because they were working on lucrative slave work projects for the private prison. If you don't think DAs and private prisons work together, you're you are one naive pumpkin. But that's what Kamala did. And so that's the VP. So we're supposed to give woke points that someone who acted monstrous towards american prisoners is vpm supposed to be happy about this no bullshit Kamala she's Harris brown and a woman yeah and that's historic it is very historic it's also the first president named biden he doesn't get points <laughs> and here's the thing i want women of color in politics i want lots of women in color in politics but i want women of color in politics i want queer disabled atheist women of color in politics, and I want them to have fucking souls. 
they're all over the country. There's wonderful, wonderful women of color filling this country. But instead, we treat them like second-class citizens, and the only ones who get to go into high positions of power are the ones who play the straight white cisgender white man's game. Yeah. And Kamala is that. Kamala is a conservative Democrat. And you don't get woke points for being a conservative Democrat. Exactly it. We cheer that on. We want Pelosi. Pelosi and Kamala, look how great they are. And it's like, I mean, you know, Maxine Waters was sitting right there. Just just that woman breathes four times and she's done more for this nation than you have your entire freaking life. Maxine Waters is right there. Alien Omar is right there. There are amazing. Rashida Tlaib, right there. You've got awesome women there ready to take the mantles of government. Some of you may have noticed that we didn't talk about AOC just there. You'll find out why later in the episode. Uh, listener Justin Randalls, you are going to be real happy later because uh, I done converted. I've lost the faith. But we'll get into that later. Um, moving back on to Joe's uh, first hundred days. Yeah, back to building back better. So that's pretty much everything that that is. Wait, we're out of Afghanistan. That's another one I'll give him credit for. That's right. Uh, withdrawing. But Obama didn't do it. Trump sure as fuck didn't do it. Biden figured out how to pull out. Well, I mean, it's not supposed to happen until August, though, or November, right? Like that's no, 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 no. It is supposed to. It is supposed to be done by September eleventh, twenty twenty one. Never forget. And it will begin tomorrow on May first. Oh, don't. Oh, gross. Ah, ah. Oh. oh, I hate when capitalists use May first. Fuck. I think that was just the the closest round number, bro. Chris, do you want to do you want to explain to our listeners uh, why that's grossing you out so much right now? May first is May Day. It is the day of socialist revolution. Uh, it is the Workers' Day. It is actually the original Labor Day. Labor Day was taken away from May first by the federal government and assigned a different day to take away power from May first because that's the day people all over the country and the world start striking and demanding things from their employers. Uh, you will actually, you listeners, will not hear this till after May Day, but we're recording this before May Day. But look up what happened in your city. There were protests. There were marches. Uh, it is a so it is socialist Christmas, and yep. so for Biden to take my socialist leftist Christmas away and make it about God blessing our troops, he can he can suck my Afghanistan. Like I said, I I think it was just more of a convenient date, bro. Not that I have any strong opinions on it. Anyhow, it's a good thing. This has gone on way too long. Yeah. And it's it's a good thing that we're bringing people away from Afghanistan. Exactly, exactly. I mean, we're we may not like the dude overall, but like when he does something right, you need to you need to call it out. You don't get to shit on just everything, even when it's a good thing. And this is one of those ones that he's he's getting an attaboy for. Kind of right. Let's also not forget that this is correlating while the rare earth mineral mining is starting to dry up in Afghanistan. Yeah, that's there's that's a reason true. we're still in Iraq. Yeah, they still have oil. Okay, so now we go on to the next bit of stuff. Now, this stuff is things that are in the works. So these are promises that he made that haven't been completed yet, but there's actually been movement on them. And these represent the bulk of the things that we have left to talk about. Everything else beyond these are just things that he hasn't done yet. So the first one is increased access to affordable housing. Uh, There was an infrastructure proposal that includes like another $213 billion for housing. Uh, that was done recently, just uh, I think like a week ago on April 21st. 
No tax increases for anyone making less than 400000 Most of these, to save time going through a lot of them, these are things that he's proposing, has proposed, have gone through the House, or something like that. All things that they can actually make movement on up until it gets to the Senate, where it's, a lot of these are probably going to be roadblocked and negotiation has to happen. Uh, if anything I, I mentioned is not one of those, I'll make sure to make note of it. Okay. Let's see. Then we've got the increased refugee admissions. That's already started. Do, uh, the promise has already been made. Raising the corporate tax rate to 28% and wars in Afghanistan and the Middle East. We talked about that. Use a national commission to address policing issues. Again, we already mentioned about that one. It's kind of been put on the shelf. There was a task basically put up that they were going to address this. I should go into this one a little bit because this is one of the uh, racial equity issues. right? Yeah. So basically there was supposed to be a task force that he was going to form that was meant to uh, investigate uh, policing. They have since shelved that that oversight commission. Basically, it was a national oversight commission. the The reason for doing this is this would not. They said it would not be the most effective way to deliver our top priority in this area, which is to sign the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act into law. The bill already passed the House, but not the Senate. Again, we don't know where it's going to be, but it would overhaul certain policing practices and ban chokeholds. Again, not far enough, but it's it's what he's given us so far. Ugh. We'll have to see where it goes. Um, uh, the Another crouton. Thing, that is total milk toast, and it's unfortunate. And the only other thing to mention that's noteworthy in this is that Attorney Mer- uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland has now been announcing um, investigations into Minneapolis Police Department and various other police departments across the country for you know their mishandling of various uh, issues and things like that. We don't know if any of this is going to bear fruit. A lot of this is just in the beginning stages, which is why we have to still keep pushing because we do not need to let this go by the wayside. Absolutely needs to be charges brought up. These places need to be investigated. These cops need to be put up and uh, put in jail. And we, I think we've already discussed our feelings on this. But again, this is an example of Biden kind of not following through on the racial issues that we've discussed. And a lot of people, I'm gonna, I think this is a good point to to mention this, are gonna give. Well, he's only been in for a hundred days, and yes, we've already mentioned that a hundred days isn't much time. I would think that if bombing Syria is something that you needed to do right away. Taking the initial steps to ending racial injustice in this country could have been next on the list. Especially being that's how you started off your goddamn presidential campaign. Let's not forget the way that Joe Biden almost got my support in the very beginning was he came out and was like, hey, we should stop Nazis. And I was like, well, damn, Uncle Joe came through on some anti-Nazis because no, no Democrat will. Have you noticed that? They'll make reference to it. They'll talk about some white supremacism in vague terms, but never are they like, hey, the Klan exists. They shouldn't. They won't even say that. Like, they're so f- fucking afraid of everything. They can't even say the Klan should be stopped. The Oath Keepers need to be stopped. In fact, I got to give him credit. And again, this makes me want to throw up in my mouth. But the only mainstream politician who is coming out hardcore, again, is Joe Biden, he actually called out the Proud Boys before anybody else did in a presidential debate. We had, you know, 742 Democrats up on stage, and he was the only one who was willing to bring it up. So I give him credit for that, but he's done nothing in a hundred days. I gotta tell you, if I was if I was president, which it's right up there with unicorns taking over the planet, probably the very first thing I would do would be executive orders declaring organizations like the Klan and the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers terrorist organizations and working on getting them rounded up 
and possibly, you know, put up against a wall and shot, which is why I wouldn't be president for very long. But white nationalist terrorists are terrorists, enemies of the state. They commit crimes against humanity. There's a reason we get rid of these people. There's a reason every nation does. And we won't. So Joe Biden talked a nice game. But what's he done? He went out there after 100 days. He finally went on camera and he's like, hey, white supremacy is terrorism. Like, uh, Cool. Water is wet. What now? Nothing. Nothing. It's it's there's no teeth. It's all filler. No killer. It's nothing. It is just him making brunch palatable. That's all this is. It is the TSA at the airport. This is happy time theater. And it's doing nothing. Just like his police reform. Oh, we're going to do some gun reform. We're going to do some police reform. You're not, though. You're going to pass some fucking token bill that's going to fix one tiny problem and make things change slightly. And then they'll shift back when they find loopholes in it. You haven't ended systematic police oppression of people of color. And you haven't gotten rid of our gun problem in this country. And you're not doing anything about white nationalism. So I give him not a murky. I give him a fucking fail on that. And I would agree with you on that. You know, then there's other stuff that you're used to. The typical Democrat talking points require background checks on all gun sales, improve Obamacare, pathway to citizenship for of a million people, you know, make union organizing easier, um, restore federal funding for Planned Parenthood. Gen- general policies intended to reverse a lot of the or course correct a lot of the the Trump era policies. You know, these are the these are kind of the big things that he's either accomplished or taken steps to accomplish. That's about I want to say if you take all of those together, things that are either in the works or have been completed. That's about I think thirty percent of his big campaign promises. But even these, a lot of one of the things we noticed, even uh, these sites that are telling these leave out a lot of other things that he talked about on the campaign trail that he just didn't deliver on or changed. The big ones that come to mind are $2,000 stimulus checks. And Joe Biden campaigned on $2,000 stimulus checks day one, right away. You're I'm going to get, I'm gonna get you that $2,000 check. <clears throat> yeah. as, early, you know, as early as, I think, uh, January 5th, he's quoted as saying, you know, if Georgia elects me, you're going to get $2,000 checks on day one. We didn't get $2,000 checks on day one. We got a $1,400 check. What, two months later? Three months later? Yep. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying it's bad that we got $1,400. What I'm saying is, you, A, you didn't fulfill a promise. You, you know, and then and then when you were called out for it, you tried to do a lot of, well, well, technically, technically, because Trump gave you all 600 before I was elected, and I'm giving you 1400 That That amounts to 2000 Well... Right? Can you can you even imagine if someone was like, I'm going to take you out for ice cream, but since your dad gave you a fun-sized Kit Kat, I'm just going to give you a cup of coffee, and that counts as the same calorie content. Yeah, and that's effectively what happened, you know? I'm not, like, surprised that this happened, because the three of us, I think, are on record of saying, like, we weren't convinced it was going to happen, but it's just, this is the kind of shit Democrats pull. They over-promise and under-deliver, and I want everyone to keep in mind a Big reason for this, a big reason for this was Joe Manchin. He had a problem with it. it was and, and and there's also another uh, senator from Arizona. I always forget her name, but she's another conservative Dem on on the board that didn't like this. And so Dems lowered the amount from two thousand to fourteen hundred. 
there's arguments and it's debatable. Like some people have gone back and said, well, he's never said that. He's on record as saying $2,000. That was repeated. I've seen video clips of literally people just stringing together every time he said the words $2,000 checks. $2,000 checks is not the same as a $1,400 check now and a $600 check like months ago. Like that, that, that's not the same thing. So that's well, a big a one. A $2,000 check one fucking time is a slap in the face anyway. Yeah. We should be getting far more than that. But once again, we need um, million dollar missiles. We already got $600. Like that, that ended poverty, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. And I've been two mortgage, checks, by the way. It? I think one of the most damning things is, yeah, he campaigned on $2,000 checks. So then he pulls that bullshit of the 600. Guess what? A second one went out. It was also $1,400. So even if that was the logic, we didn't get multiple $600. His second check should have been $2,000. If that excuse is correct, it would have been a $2,000 check on the second one. And it wasn't. It was just a broken campaign promise just to admit you were weak. Yeah. Another one that gets talked about a lot is the uh, student loan forgiveness. And there is, we looked into this. One of the things I was trying really hard to find and couldn't was any record of Joe promising student loan forgiveness. I couldn't find it. What I think it looks like happened is this is something Elizabeth Warren has been championing for years. And when Joe got elected, she kind of put it out there and it looked like it gained some traction. And then what Joe, after it gotten enough steam, I think came out and said, well, I think we can do 10,000. And then there was, of course, a lot of pushback on that. And Joe was like, well, I don't think I have the authority to just with a stroke of a pen, forgive $50,000. At last look, I guess he's looking into whether or not he can do it. He's he's put the word out that he wants to investigate whether or not he has the ability to do it. But my favorite part is that I don't have the authority. Like I have the authority for 10,000, but not 50,000. Like where did that even come from? Can you imagine if someone's like, hey, we're ordering pizza tonight. Can you call it in? Absolutely. I'll call some pizza. Oh no, we're going to need two mediums. I don't have the authority for two pizzas. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and what I think pretty much happened is, is he tried to like throw this under the table as if people were going to forget. And people are still vocal enough about it and demanding it and calling him out for it. that I think he's been forced to kind of, you know, capitulate, but that's why you need to do this. That's why you can't just say, Oh, uncle Joe's doing great and go home and have brunch. You've got to stay mad. You've got to stay active because it's the only way you're going to get your elected officials to listen. Simple as that. You know, and there's a couple other things too. You know, we didn't get $15 hour minimum wage again, not because of the Republicans. Republicans didn't support the bill anyway. It was because of Mansion, you know, simple as that. So I will say the thing that he did with the fifteen dollar minimum wage is to increase all of the federal uh, workers' minimum wage to fifteen dollars. He just recently did that on on uh, was it earlier this month, didn't he? Signed it into executive order. Great. So all we have to do now is go get go go get government jobs, right? So let no, me let I, me rephrase that. Hold on, I'm not. I, that wasn't a slight at UK. That was that was no, a slight I know. at Biden. But I mean, the the thing is, is that the House and the Senate couldn't or didn't do it. But at least he's trying to make good on the promise. You know, while it's not necessarily exactly what he said he would do, I think it's a good step. And again, I, I hear you. And again, it, it, it's it's nice. I'm looking for things that help the the American people and other people at large. This is a good thing, but it, it's kind of like what Chris said. It, it's a uh, it's a crouton. It doesn't fix the overall problem. And I agree that it doesn't fix the overall problem, but at least it it starts a precedent of paying people that fifteen dollars. 
and more people getting paid more money is a good thing. And I, I can only hope that we will continue to see more and more traction for that $15, even though it should be vastly more than 15 Yeah, and we've talked about that before. These are just some more campaign promises. And again, it's 100 days. It's hard to judge, but... I have like the focus has been on COVID. And like we said, we give him props for that. But there are still real problems plaguing this country. Uh, issues with white supremacy and oppression being among the tops of them. And I see little to no sign that uh, good old Uncle Joe is doing anything to, to anything different than his predecessors to solve those problems. I don't know. Guys, what do you, what do you think? Again, completely agreed. He, he is focused on COVID and not giving a shit about anything else and has used it as a victory lap. And he's been a politician about this. That's really all it is. He has done one awesome thing and is doing a nonstop victory lap about it. Yep. And there's more work to be done. Eventually, that's going to end in terms of that. Eventually, we will be out of the the hole that COVID has has dug us into in terms of, you know, people having to be cautious uh, with their health and we're going to get into all of the other problems that covid has caused that's i think will be the the real issue is seeing what he does about people with rent people with mortgages because yeah there was some support for that in uh the last uh pack uh, stimulus package that was signed but does it really help everybody not nearly as much as it should or could nope completely agreed yeah so chris didn't you uh, watch his uh, speech the other night? I did. How about that? Uh, did you know that for the first time ever, there was a presidential speech for the first 100 days of a president in 2021? For the first time ever, they were a master in the speech. And for the first time ever, I watched it from that specific part in my living room. Also, his VP is a woman, and apparently I'm supposed to be blown away by that. Right. Literally started his his speech with like, for the first time ever... I'm up here with ladies. Sweet. Body glitter? I don't know what you want from me, dude. Like, great. You picked an awful woman as your VP, and you've got Pelosi as the Speaker of the House. These are not woke, progressive things, and you don't get credit for claiming they are. It's just performative. That's all it is, and I'm not impressed. Well, of course, the speech was performative. Uh, I, I know the, the 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 and it was the same thing for trans people, by the way. Like Biden has gotten all this credit from a lot of liberals about like, Do you see, he came out in support of trans kids. Like, OK, OK, trans people have been oppressed since the dawn of fucking time. This is not a new issue. Even white, straight liberals have known about this issue for decades at this point. OK, it's not new. But Joe Biden doesn't talk about it. Democrats don't talk about it. It's only because Florida has literally passed child molestation laws so that school teachers and health professionals can molest children that are trans at school and barred them from sports. And that has become so wildly unpopular with the Democrats that even 90% of Democrats think this is terrible. He was willing to talk about it. But this was no different than Hillary Clinton and Obama suddenly evolving on gay marriage. Awesome. So finally, when it became super popular to come out against something and come out in support of trans kids, now you give a shit about trans kids. You haven't given a shit about trans kids yet, ever. Trans people are people. They are not trophies. 
unlike Kamala, who is an adult and a politician and has the ability to choose whether or not she wants to be your token to carry around, trans kids are not your token thing to prove your wokeness. No, they're not. They're not the one, uh, the the one, the one woman of color you dated back in high school to prove you're not a racist, and that's what this was. This was just like, oh, uh, trans kids, I got your back. Really, you got you got their back? Really, Joe Biden, you you got trans kids back? Because I haven't seen any trans legislation being passed. I haven't seen you write a single bill. I haven't seen you talk about it. I haven't seen you give a good goddamn about trans people until that night. So to say, I got your back. When did that start? You don't get credit for that. And honestly, not only do you get no credit for it, you get a big thumbs down from me for using it as a prop to nail, you know, it's like when it's like when Republicans burn their Nikes to own the libs. That's all you did. You claimed credit for a movement you've done nothing to protect to own the to own the Floridians. Good job, asshole. Yeah. So then how do you feel about I'm not sure exactly how to even call it, but the the fact that he has declared us in competition with with China and places of the like. That's, that's as American as apple pie. I, it just China's the new China's the new Ruski. To me, that's all it felt like is we got to show these Chinese people that we're better than them. And it's like, why do we have to to show another country that we're better than them? Why can't we just show us that we're better than us? So there was a politician named Henry Wallace, and he was popular in the 40s, um, ran with the Democrats, and he was super left. Basically, you would call him a Democratic Socialist today. Problem is, he existed during the Red Scare and during and after World War II, uh, when it wasn't so good to have socialists, that word to be parked within 18 miles of you. Just like, I mean, honestly, if you actually look up Henry Wallace, he was wrecked and stolen from just like bernie sanders they actually pulled that's where they learned how to do it was the democratic convention stole the vote from wallace to make him president but anyway henry wallace actually had this proposition that during the height of the red scare to instead of being in competition with the soviet union to be in concert with the soviet union to literally draw lines like this is your sphere of influence, this is our sphere of influence, and let's share things like scientific data. Let's go to space together. Let's further mankind. We can be different and work together. And he actually wanted, he said, the Soviet Union and the United States are the two greatest industrial powers in the world. We can rebuild the world after World War II now. We can do amazing things in medical science and space and all this shit. And everyone was like, you fucking commie. And they nailed him to a cross, you know, and he was done. And the the Cold War went off and untold numbers of humans have suffered and died because of it. And it's the same thing. We're looking at this 2.0, this this whole this China fear and the Democrats and the Republicans are both guilty of it. The Democrats are constantly fear mongering about Russia. Now, is Russia up to no good? Totally. Russia is totally up to no good. They are suppressing yeah, their own opposition they candidate. They're taking over countries like. Uh, Russia's up to no good. Has Ru- they're interfering in elections? Has Russia done anything the U.S. has not done in the last ten years? Nope. No, of course not. Every single crime you can lay at Russia, you can lay at the U.S., and we've probably been worse. Yeah. Oh, of course we have. So the Democrats calling foul on Russia is bullshit, and the Republicans do the same thing, but they do it with China. It's a little more racist because you know Chinese people are scarier. But it's the same thing. China is kicking the shit out of us and everything because they have slave labor. And let's face it, slavery gets shit done. 
and they have a slave labor force that produces every consumer good in the world. And Biden's up here going, jobs, I'm going to give us more jobs. We don't need jobs. We need social safety nets. We need health care. We need free education. We need daycare. Yeah. We need help. Well, I would I would say that we need jobs, but we need both. We, we don't we need, need jobs. those other things more. This is this is the 21st century, bro. We have more people than jobs exist, and creating more jobs doesn't solve that problem. It lowers the wage pool. We are living in an industrialized and technological age where not everyone needs to work. That's a good thing. Automation is a good thing. There will never be a time where we don't need workers, but that's okay. People can do the things they want to do, contribute how they want to contribute. We're living in that world, and Europe has been waking up to that for the last decade, and we're not. And unfortunately, we have a lot more money and a lot more jobs and a lot more people than they do. And we're going to be hit much harder by this wall because we are not preparing for it because we still have this mid, early, mid, early to mid 20th century notion that the problem that all we have to do is tariffs, which, by the way, Joe Biden has done. He's jumped up tariffs so that aluminum gets produced more in the U.S. Well, what do you think the Saudis are going to do? That's a tariff against the Saudis. You think that's going to help our oil prices? You think it's going to help the average American at the pumps tariffing the shit out of Saudi Arabia? No, that's not helpful. We don't need to create jobs. Now, don't get me wrong. I agree with you, Kay. Creating jobs isn't necessarily bad. I don't frown upon it, but it is not a solution. If I've broken yeah, my leg, it. eating carrots is good and healthy for you. But if I've broken my leg, I need a cast, not a carrot. Yeah. I, and I wasn't I wasn't trying to suggest that. No, I'm railing on Biden, not you. Yeah, I'm just saying that, you know, we need jobs, but we need those other things more. Yes. And we need legislation that will do those things more. Yeah. Versus just, oh, we're going to create a billion fucking jobs. Yeah. And I'll give him credit replacing coal, oil, fossil fuel jobs, gas with solar jobs, with nuclear jobs, with wind jobs. By the way, I've done some research. You've turned me around a little bit on the nuclear argument. We'll talk about that a different podcast. I, I listen to what you say, even if I disagree. And I will admit your argument has some <laughs> serious fucking merit. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Alex, if you're listening, I'm pulling a you. So um, <laughs> changing out fossil fuel jobs for green jobs is a good thing, but it's not the solution. No, it's it's not the solution. And so sitting I, I here, don't I don't pretend that yeah, it is. But, but crying foul against China doesn't solve the problem, because unless no, you want to unless you want to look at mass slavery, which I mean, don't get me wrong. We have Amazon. We're working on it. But unless you want to institute state policies of mass industrial slavery, you're never going to compete with China. And China's going through their second industrial revolution which is what we did at the turn of the 20th century. Because remember, yeah. we used to have wage slave eight-year-olds climbing into machines and having to pee in bottles. Like the things that China and Amazon do to their workers is what all American companies used to do. We just got there some decades first, but now we're going to clutch our pearls at China, which again, we should. We should stop China from doing it. We should be like, hey, we learned this lesson. Kind of like Europe did with empires. Hey, this is terrible and awful. We should all stop doing it. It's okay to commit the crime and then realize it's bad and advocate to others. Don't do the same awful shit we did. But that's not what we're doing. We're competing. China's a competitor. And it's a way to capitalize on that. It's a way to Americanize that. It's just, it's just a way to Americana a very complex problem with feel-good bullshit. I, I absolutely agree with you. That idea of that we need to compete with the rest of the world 
versus work in concert with the rest of the world is ludicrous. Yeah. Speaking of ludicrous things, I know something we wanted to bring up is the ludicrous recall election going on here in California. So Governor Gavin Newsom has a recall election. Now, the bulk of our listeners are from here in California, but we do have a fair amount of people in other states and even other countries as well. Uh, We live in California. Newsom's our governor. Essentially, he's being recalled. And the main reason he's being recalled is because a bunch of shitty Republicans are pissed off that they had to wear masks and can't go to Disneyland. That's that's the Cliff's Notes version of what's going on right yeah, now. Yeah, that's the long and the short of it. Yeah, yeah. and something to, something to remember here is that he's a bit of an anomaly. You know, we have real short memories because um, now the pandemic's over because we're tired of it. But if you recall, back when we were in a pandemic in 2020 and people took it seriously for half a second, no one knew what to do. And we had some moronic five-year-old fascist throwing temper tantrums in the White House, pretending it wasn't existing and telling people to drink bleach. And the leadership fell to states. And three states stood out with very strong leadership that took the national stage. And that was Cuomo of New York. And again, we have found out that Cuomo did some dirty, awful shit. And we should hold him accountable to that. But I will give Cuomo credit, even though he did kill people by shoving them in a nursing home for some fucking reason. He tried something. He gave a shit. He recognized it was a problem, and he took steps to try to help his people, even if he was misguided and wrong and deadly and then was a schmuck about covering it up. He at least tried. And the governor of Washington, I can't remember his name, uh, the governor of Washington was listening to science and was doing the appropriate steps, and so was the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, who is generally not always. He's definitely a bourgeois Democrat. He definitely likes rich people, but it's California. What are you going to do? Houses cost $14 billion. Washington is Jay Inslee, by the way. Jay Inslee. Thank you very much. So he was a good guy. And again, and there's Gavin Newsom, who is on most issues on the right side of history. And the right wingers are going ape shit that he actually issued a longer than average shutdown because we have the largest population in the country and saw what happened in New York and was desperately trying to curb that death wave as best he could and forced people to wear masks and didn't let them go to Disneyland. And so now the right-wingers want him gone, and they might succeed. Which is, again, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, now, I will say that there were a couple of industries that they shut down that were were unnecessary, that they weren't following the science on, that a lot of the other governors actually did allow to go back. But by and large, he did a good job of taking care of California and to recall him is ridiculous. And especially when you have people like Caitlyn Jenner putting in their bid to to be the next you know governor here. Yeah. For those of you that weren't aware, she's yeah, she's running now. <laughs> it's it's absolutely ridiculous. She has no political past. She had a TV show and was an athlete at one point in time and has a bunch of money. And past that, there is nothing about Caitlyn Jenner as far as I'm concerned that qualifies her to be governor of California. A long time ago, she ran really fast. And that's about it. And and let's get ahead of something real she quick banged here. Kardashian. I know a lot of people are going to go after. Yeah. It is not a conflict uh, of ideologies here to say that Caitlyn Jenner is shitty. You can use Caitlyn Jenner's proper pronouns and respect her as a woman and still think she's a shitty person. That's okay. Nobody 
And if they do, I think they're full of shit, is going to advocate that she should get a leftist vote solely because she's trans. And if there's anybody out there that thinks that way, they can fuck right off. They're a moron. I actually haven't seen any leftists making that clam. I've only seen right-wingers trying to use it as a gotcha moment. Kind of like no. the, the yeah, My yeah. Body, My Choice with the mask yeah. bullshit. It's the same thing. Like, Absolutely. Oh, you're anti-trans. Clearly. And I wasn't trying to make that claim. I was just trying to get ahead of it because I know that's going to be an accusation of the right. Absolutely. I just, again, want that laid out for everyone's ears to remember that anyone who says you're anti-trans if you don't support Caitlyn Jenner. No, you're anti-trans if you don't respect Caitlyn Jenner's pronouns. Caitlyn Jenner is also a hot piece of hypocritical, evil, dumbass, ignorant garbage and has no idea what she's doing. I don't even, for the record, I don't even hate Caitlyn Jenner. I think that uh, she is probably the highest profile trans person uh, in the United States today. And there is something to be said about that. As far as her political aspirations go, uh, I don't think she should have it because there is no reason for her for her to have any. And Caitlyn Jenner's an idiot who has no idea what she's doing. Caitlyn Jenner is literally just doing this because she feels like it's there's also a porn star running who was doing it just for the name recognition, the fame. Um, I can't remember her name, but Caitlyn Jenner made this tweet on the 24th. And I have to call this one out because it's 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 just delicious. I mean, this is this is this is mochi ice cream wrapped up in whatever your favorite rice paper could be with brown sugar rubbed all over it in a honey glaze with cocaine sprinkled on top is how good this burn is. So Caitlyn Jenner, scholar, intellectual, tweets out on the 24th. This is horrible. I'm quoting Caitlyn Jenner, by the way. This is horrible and also avoidable. Gavin's, referring to Gavin Newsom, the governor, Gavin's district attorneys across California are releasing dangerous criminals back onto our streets. Enough is enough. Recall Gavin. First of all, no, they're not. Nonviolent, first offending, low risk people have been released from jail, at least in the interim, because of COVID. So they so basically, having a low-lying, nonviolent drug offense doesn't sentence you to death by COVID in jail. But secondly, and I'm going to let Ted Lou speak for me, who is a uh, who is a Democratic congressman, who wrote, who tweeted back, "Dear Caitlyn Jenner, district attorneys are elected by voters, not appointed by the governor. Also, do you know how a bill becomes law? Here's a cool schoolhouse rock video for you to educate yourself. And then posts the YouTube link to the I'm Just a Bill schoolhouse rock video. And that ends it with, do you know what veto or budget mean? It was it was just delicious. And it was such a perfect example of who Caitlyn Jenner is. A fame-seeking blowhard who's actually an idiot. And just like Joe Biden has used the trans issue to give themselves a pat on the back. Yeah. I agree. So Caitlyn Jenner is a woman and I will die on that hill. Caitlyn Jenner is also a terrible human being and will happily die on that hill as well. Yeah. And just as a reminder in that vein, even though she was never charged for it, she killed someone. There was a car accident that happened several years ago um, before she transitioned and it was her fault and she killed a person. She got off. Because she's rich, powerful, and white, and in this country, that's all you need. But she killed someone. The car accident wasn't like Caitlyn Jenner got out and pulled a shotgun on someone. I mean, no, it wasn't malicious. 
But Caitlyn Jenner was speeding, not paying attention to what she was doing, and then there was cars stopped at a light, swerved around them, and killed people in a Lexus. Anyone else would get manslaughter charges for that. She hit a vehicle, and that vehicle got pushed into oncoming traffic, and the oncoming traffic hitting the other vehicle is what killed the okay. person. Fair enough. So, at, at the very least, some sort of manslaughter, manslaughter charges. Yeah, some sort of charges should have been levied against her, and they were not. But yeah, Caitlyn Jenner's an awful person. You absolutely have to respect Caitlyn Jenner's gender, and gender identity, and gender expression, and pronouns, and their name. And you do not have to respect them for who they are as a human being. I think you're shitty if you hate somebody because of their gender identity, or because of their sexuality. That makes you a shitty bad person. Caitlyn Jenner's a Trump If you hate someone Trump because supporter. they're a shitty person in general, then yeah. That's okay. Caitlyn Jenner supported Trump, then was upset when Trump put a bunch of anti-trans legislation and then supported him again. Yeah, she's been a supporter of Trump for a very long time. Yeah, so she's awful. Don't and vote very for her. vocal about it. And, and feel free to hate on Caitlyn Jenner. So speaking of, um, of loose debris, what's in the mailbag, Matt? Um, so just one thing today. So as I'm sure some of you are aware, we kind of went all in on a full episode of shout outs last week. So we only have a few in the bag. I'm going to let them build up a little bit, but there is one I wanted to uh, mention specifically that I thought was really good information to have. So in the wake of all this bullshit with cops, you know, being shitty, one of the, one thing that came up is an older video that I found where it was basically a, a bunch of cops pinning a guy down, arresting him. And somebody got video of another cop planting drugs on him. Like it was caught on video and the cop, and then he freaks out. The cop freaked out because he got caught because they yelled at him. You know, you, we got you on video, brother. We see you doing it. And he just was freaking out. And then the video cuts out with uh, the person filming being told to get inside the house. Our listener, Jersey Girl 782, gave me some good information that I wanted to share with everyone. So the ACLU has an app. And from what I understand, it might not be available in all uh, states. But if you have access to it, it's the ACLU mobile justice app. And this is a great app because what it lets you do is you can actually pull this app out and record any instance of uh, police abusing their authority. And not only does it record it, but as it's recording, it sends it to the ACLU. So if the police decide they want to arrest you and confiscate your phone, there's nothing you can they can do about it. A copy of that video that you just caught them doing whatever they were doing has been sent to the ACLU. It's an amazing app. I suggest anybody get it. And the reason I'm bringing this up is to follow up with our episode on racism and police brutality. It is your civic duty. If you see a cop pulling any of this bullshit to pull out your phone and film it, because that is the only way that anything is going to get done. That is the reason why Chauvin was convicted. It's not because our justice system suddenly decided to be pro BLM or pro minorities or pro civil rights. It's because a bunch of people pulled out their phones and made damn sure that the world knew what a cop was, that a cop was murdering this man. And so this is what I commit. I, I will put this out there. This is a call to arms, if you will. Download the ACLU mobile justice app. Make sure you have it on you at all times. And if you see a cop pulling someone over, even if it doesn't look like anything's going on, pull out that phone and hold it up because it's going to keep that cop honest. Any cop that tells you that 
it's illegal to record them. That's a patent lie. And they can also be held ca- accountable for that. As yes. Well. And, yeah. uh, and go ahead and record them telling you that. Get arrested for it. Because, man, you are going to love that new house you buy with the yep. money for false arrest you'll get from that. I have that app. I've had It's actually been out for about four or five years. And I've used it. It's super easy to use. It's great. One of the things you can set it to do is actually automatically feed the video. So even if they take your phone and smash it, the ACLU will have whatever you uploaded. And it's awesome because the ACLU are actual heroes. Yeah, 100%. And I don't trust anyone, by the way, who ever has anything bad to say about the ACLU. The American Civil Liberties Union always is on the sides of the American citizen. They have defended, again, it's, they're not like an anti-cop organization. Yeah. They've defended cops. They've oh, defended yeah. Nazis. Like yeah. they will defend any American who is having their constitutional rights infringed. So when someone's like, oh, the ACLU, a bunch of like, it's literally a legal organization to make sure you have constitutional rights. If you don't like the ACLU, you literally, and again, I know this sounds hyperbolic and reductive. It's not. If you don't like the ACLU, you don't actually like American rights and freedoms. You don't yeah. like the constitution then. And I could be wrong. If you guys just have, you know, if you think there's more nuance no. to it, I'm open no. to hear it. I know not, that sounds not, extreme. Not, yeah, not even a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. Surprise, surprise. But yeah, uh, there, I have no counter to that whatsoever. I think it's great. Uh, so to all our listeners, download it, have it handy, and pull out your phones whenever you see a cop pulling someone over because we want it on film. Even if even if it is the most benign, event-free accident there is, cops need to know they are being watched and that they will be held, account- held accountable. And it is up to us because our justice system sure as fuck ain't going to do it. We need to do it. Correct. So it Jersey is your Girl First 70- Amendment right. It is held, upheld by the Supreme Court. Film them every chance you get. So thank you, Jersey Girl 782. You are awesome. Thanks for the information. Um, and that's pretty much all I've got for shout outs. Uh, I will have a lot more probably next episode, but I wanted to keep it tight this time around. Yeah. And again, you know, shout outs are great. If you've got something to say specifically about this episode or relating to it, we'll always throw it on air. Um, if you have longer questions for us, like that Q&A we did or anything long or corrections or anything like that, Send it to us because we're actually going to do more Q&As. We're going to do them as bonus content, but we are going to have more Q&A answer sessions in the future. So if you've got a, if you've got something that doesn't need to be addressed today, but you want us to talk about it, shoot us an email, shoot us a tweet, hit us up. We would love to do that. We'd love talking to you guys. We love answering your questions. And speaking of interactions, listener Justin Randalls, uh, turns out you were right. Um, I don't necessarily 100% agree with how you got to your conclusion, but you're spot on the money. Uh, this last week, right before the 100 days, AOC came out and basically said, Joe Biden's doing great. He beat all expectations. He's just wonderful. I just love him. He's just the best thing ever. And I am obviously paraphrasing and exaggerating. Uh, but she did say specifically that he beat progressive expectations and just bowed down, kissed the ring. And this is where she's no better than Pelosi, because that's what they do. Honestly, this is what the Republicans do to Trump. No matter what, they'll kiss the ring. And that's what she did. Democrats in office, and for whatever reason, she felt the need to go out of her way and kiss his ass on national television and try to link him with the term progressive, which is patently false. So do I think that she is Nancy Pelosi? Uh, No, because she has a different past and different record and has different beliefs, or at least did. 
But unfortunately, she just pulled a major Pelosi move, and it has been slowly happening piece by piece. This is not a one-off. This has been a slide. Her letting up on detention centers, her not caring about it, her totally capitulating about health care, which I actually think is the most important issue right now in this country because we're all dying of fucking COVID. We need health care. Has really let off the gas on police brutality. The major progressive pushes stopped talking about minimum wage recently. You notice that one? That hasn't been coming up. She's let go of all the progressive stuff. All she cares about now is her Green New Deal and kissing Biden's cheeks. So, um, no, she's lost me. She was on thin ice for a while, but I got to say, unless something drastic happens to bring her back because no one's above redemption, AOC has gone the way of the do-nothing centrist Democrats who stand for nothing. Congrats. You got your, you got your Green New Deal talked about a lot. It's not happening, and you drop the ball on everything that actually matters to progressive. Boys, yeah. do better. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm going to say is do better. And I would challenge you. You don't have to agree with me. It's okay to think I'm totally wrong, but then I would challenge you why. Because how is no, that not a Pelosi move? It, it's it's not that I don't think that uh, that it's not a Pelosi move. Um, I, I tend to agree with you more. This is a totally, like, this is not a factual thing. So I, and I say this going in, the way you're describing it now is a different vibe overall than the people that have been shitting on AOC since the beginning. And I think you touched on it a little bit when you said you disagreed with the way Justin got to his conclusions. And I think that's the significant point. I, I, I agree there. The deck is getting stacked against her. I, I, I can't, I can't deny that anymore. I, I I'm a little bit with you. I tend to always want to believe the best in people. And because she has been such a champion, I still hope for the best. But I am past the point of defending her at this point because because you're right. I, I got nothing. I mean, she, she's literally, especially the last few months, everybody that's been saying she's going down this road, like a lot of them were like, she's Pelosi, like day one, the first mistake. And I don't agree with that. You got to give people leeway. But it's just been one after the other with her. And I think it's just time to start putting our chips on uh some of the, the actual progressives, you know, uh, she's been a good voice, but maybe it's time for, for us to write her off as now being a part of the establishment and put our money on, you know, Ilhan Omar, uh, Rashida Tlaib, Ayala Presley, Ayanna Presley. And even they're not perfect. Honestly, they take some stances that, again, they, you know, when they came out and endorsed Biden, I had a big problem with that. I actually don't believe that anyone who calls themselves progressive should be endorsing Joe Biden. Uh, because he's not. But they're at least on better standing. AOC has been sliding for a while. And again, you can always decide to not suck anytime you want and come on back. But I can't even mark her as a progressive anymore. Uh, AOC yeah. has become a centrist and com- not even becomes a centrist. AOC capitulates to the centrists and the conservatives. And if you give in to them, it's no better. Yeah. What's What's the point? Yeah. You're, you're, you're Joe, you know, Joe Manchin's not a Republican, but he, he serves them. So what's the difference? Joe Manchin's basically a Republican. AOC is basically a Pelosi Democrat now because all she does is kiss Biden's ring and talk about feel good measures and doesn't actually do anything about the horrors that are being committed in this country. Yep. Do better. So that's going to do it for us on this episode. That's the what our take on the first 100 days of Joe. Uh, if you disagree with us, hit us up. Shoot us an email. If you agree with us, hit us up. Shoot us an email. Let us know what you think. Please remember, we're still um, uh, thirsty for iTunes reviews. Uh, even if they suck, if you hate us, go ahead. If you love us, that's even better. But hit us up on iTunes. Give us reviews because once we hit that mark, we're going to let the listeners vote and pick on the topic. But we need that, and it helps us spread the show. It's just 
the most useful thing ever. The only thing better is checks made out to cash. And if you need that, hit me up. I'll give you my address. You guys are lovely. Uh, we love you. Thank you for being here with us on this one. Thanks for having this conversation with us. And we will see you next week. Until then, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And remember, kids, the revolution is you. Thank you.